You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Giants Slash Podcast, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the San Francisco Giants and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle Giants beat writer Susan Slusser, and today we have Giants outfielder Mike Yastrzemski with us. It's a treat to talk to you. Um, now you spent uh, some time out within Oblique. Um, how, how much was that a problem initially, and um, are you still, still dealing with it all? Are you getting treatment for it? Um, no, I'm feeling a lot better. Everything feels good. And, you know, I think that could have been, you know, some little possibility maybe for a little bit there. Um, you know, when you're not feeling 100%, it's kind of tough to really get off a good swing that you'd like to. And, um, you know, it's, it's been feeling better. And I think that as we keep getting further away from it, my body will just continue to feel better and get better results. Yeah. Is it hard to kind of gauge? Because obviously you probably need some time off here and there to, to help uh, with things like that. But then, you know, you have a day where you have a couple of doubles or something like that. You don't necessarily want to hit. How do you, how do you kind of find that balance? Like if Gabe comes to you and says, Hey, do you need a day? Um, <laughs> I, I'm one of the guys that wants to be in the lineup every day. And if I'm not in the lineup, it's usually, you know, designed that way because I, I just want to play every day like possible. And I want to continue to help just through the win. And, I'll never go in there and ask for one. I know it's just not part of my DNA, but I think uh, there's definitely times where, you know, you need a day. And I'm just really, really glad that Gabe is open about that. And Antoine and all of our other coaches are really good about understanding how our bodies work. And they can kind of tell when I need one versus having to go in and ask for one. Now, I, I think I'm going to do a story coming up here um, about the outfield defense. Because mm-hmm. you guys have been really, um, like the defense completely around the diamond has been very good for you guys all season. But there are a lot of times when you look at your outfield and you've basically got all center fielders in the outfield. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you look at um, what you guys have as a whole in the outfield? Uh, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, we've, for the most part, we've all played together for, the better half of three years um, between me, Dick, Dougie, Slater, um, Ruffy for the past two years. Um, and then adding Talkman's a, a great addition. So I think we vibe well. We understand each other's ranges. We understand, you know, who's aggressive, who's not. We're always backing each other up so we know we can really show out certain plays. Um, and then Doobie does a great job when he gets – you know, thrown into the outfield too. And we, we just have a lot of confidence in each other. And I think that's the best part about it. I think you guys are probably underrated. Do you feel like that? I mean, do you, I, I don't hear you guys mentioned among, you know, when people are talking about like top outfielders, uh, maybe it's because you're all so good, but uh, it, I mean, do you think that that's possible that maybe you guys are a little bit underrated when it comes to the defense as a whole, but particularly the outfield? Um, I don't know. As, as long as our pitchers appreciate us and our, <laughs> 
and Cap appreciates us, then that's really all that matters to us, you know, and I think they do. Um, you know, Antoine does a great a great job with us and with our positioning, with our analytics team, and he does a really good job making sure that we are getting enough work that we need, but also making sure we're fresh for the games. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just think that as long as we get our job done, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or where they where they rank us and we're just going to try and keep going out there and making as many plays as we can. How, how um, much more advanced these days are the, uh, the shifts that, I mean, it's not necessarily a shift, but the positioning for you guys in the outfield. I mean, has it even kind of just in the last couple of years changed? Cause it seems like you guys are in the right place all, almost all the time. It's really extraordinary. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually gotten less complicated. So it used to be a little like too over the top where we felt like we were robots and we couldn't make any adjustments based on what we were seeing, what we were feeling based on who was pitching. So they've actually simplified a little bit more. And I think that may be what's helping us out there a lot more is that we can make our own reads and we can really just stay athletic and make sure that we can go make as many plays as possible. So what do you, when you're making your own reads, what are you kind of basing it on? You've got so many potential factors, you know, knowing obviously that you, who you've got on the mound, um, maybe where the catcher's setting up and how the batter's being pitched to, but also um, what that batter has been doing recently. What what do you mostly look at? Um, typically timing, you know, is, is the guy early or late? Um, do they look rushed? Does their body language look panicked? Um you know, certain things with two strikes, you know, are they getting around the ball that day? Are they staying through it? Or does it look like they're seeing the ball well? There's so many different things that go on um, in the matter of a split second when you see somebody swinging. So we're trying to take in all the information that we can get and use that to put us in the best position. And so, you know, sometimes it comes from Antoine. Sometimes it comes from the guy next to you. Sometimes you get it from yourself. Uh, then you share it to the next guy. So there's just there's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to trying to be in the right position. How much more important is it with a ballpark like San Francisco, which is, uh, as everyone knows, has got a pretty big outfield out there, and and also with your pitching staff, which is a very good one. Yeah, I think I think the most important thing is really instilling the confidence in in the pitchers that we are going to go make a play and we're going to do everything we can to do that. So that way they don't have to be so perfect with their pitches and they can, they can just really feel comfortable attacking hitters because there's a lot of space out there and there's, you know, not a great chance that people are going to be hitting home runs in this ballpark, even though we've seen, you know, last year we saw some more than in normal and we've seen some this year, but I think uh, we just got to really, what it comes down to is, making sure those guys know that we're going to give everything we have and that way they can just do what they got to do. Now, speaking of your guys outfield, I have to ask you about Mike Talkman's catch the other night, obviously <laughs> huge, <laughs> huge position too, but how, how did you rate that catch? <laughs> oh my God. That's one of the best catches I've ever seen for a given situation. You know, <clears throat> you know, we've probably seen more acrobatic catches, um, you know, a little further range, but, you're not going to see a catch that matters more in a situation than that. Um, that was just absolutely incredible. And he, he was perfect on timing with everything. And, uh, you know, just hats off for being able to 
make a play in a situation like that and give us a chance to win, which we ended up doing. Austin Slater was telling me the other day that you guys have a little bit of a competition going on out there with, um, you know, kind of the lowest probability catches and who's making them. Um, so I'm wondering, uh, like, how much you look at that kind of stuff and how how real is that competition? And uh, with that Cockman catch, how can you guys ever possibly top that? Um, yeah, it's, you know, un- unfortunately, it's not really um, up to us to decide what's a tough catch and what's not. <laughs> Because that would be, you know, that would be number one right there. But the the numbers dictate that all from TrackMan and all that, all those stuff like that. So we're just kind of going by what that says, and um, it's it's definitely competitive. You know, like everybody wants to be outdoing the other guy, and I think that creates like a a really good atmosphere for us. Yeah, it's got it get plenty of incentive as if you didn't have enough. Um, who's who's leading right now? Do you know? Um, that I don't know. I think it's pretty close. It depends on what stat you look at. Okay. I think you guys need to figure out your own system where you also put like importance in a game somehow and figure out how to weigh that in. Cause that seems, I, I completely agree. Yeah. In which case Talkman wins though. So maybe not <laughs> by, by far. No, I'll, I'll glad to give it to him. <laughs> we'll be back with more with Giants outfielder, Mike Yastrzemski in just a moment. But first a reminder that for all of the Chronicles Giants coverage, you can go to www.sfchronicle.com and subscribe. Go to sfchronicle.com slash pod. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So talking about that L.A. series, um, the one you guys are just coming off in, in, uh, in L.A., and the fact that it followed a sweep when you guys were at home and then you guys dropped the first game overall, mm-hmm. the fact that you guys were able to take the final three of the four uh, and against, you know, winning games started by Walker Bueller, then Urias, then Kershaw. W- what are your thoughts just overall on, on what you guys were able to do and, and how you've kind of been able to maintain that momentum? Yeah, I think, I think one of the, the main things about that whole situation was we came up with a game plan and everybody on the team stuck to it. It wasn't like we all had different game plans and we we're all going to go do our own thing out there. It was all about being a team and making sure that we found a way to collectively beat an opponent. And when we do that and we find a common common goal and stick to it, um, it we're really hard to beat. And so we've just been doing that lately and we've been sticking to what's been working. You guys are, obviously, I think everybody knows that you you guys weren't projected necessarily to be among the league leaders at the start of the season. Um, And the fact that it it seems like a lot of your veteran guys, who I think maybe some people had overlooked, have been leading the way. What's that been like for you now? Because you've played with a couple of these guys for a little while. Um, Obviously, Buster Posey's coming back after sitting out last year. You hadn't got to play with him a ton before that. But what are your thoughts on what those guys have been able to do, Longoria and Crawford and Posey especially? Um, you know, they're just doing what we knew they always would do. Um, and I'm, I'm happy for them because it's not fun when somebody writes you off or, 
you know, it says you're at the end of your career or they don't think you're going to ever perform again. And they're proving everybody wrong. They're doing a great job with their preparation, their leadership. And it's really, it's really just fun to watch them work. And, you know, these are guys that I looked up to when I was growing up and watching play. And it's cool to just be their teammate. But what's it like to play with Posey when he's at the top of his game, the way he is right now? And, you know, he's often hitting behind you in the lineup too. Yeah, that <laughs> that's baffling. You know, it's like one of those things where I, every time I hear the lineup and I hear them say Buster Posey's name either before or after mine, it's like a starstruck moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, but it's just it's really cool to learn from these guys who have – 10 years of experience in the big leagues and have won multiple world series. Um, you know, and I think they're really showing their, their leadership and experience of that right now. You know, they, they know what it takes to win games and there's no moment that's too big for them. And, you know, it's, it's really helping us as a whole, as a team understand when we need to be super focused, when there's times where we need to kind of come off the gas a little bit, when there's times we need to hit the gas a little more. Um, and it's it's always nice to have guys like that that can offer so much in the clubhouse. Your lineup has been so good this year about working deep counts, getting starters out, opposing starters out early. Really, really excellent at bats. What is what is the key for you when it comes to that? Making sure you know you're not going out out of your zone. Making sure you you do see pitches that you wait for the pitch you want. Is there are you sort of keying on a spot? Are you looking for a particular pitch? How do you approach that? I, th- I think that really comes down to our preparation and like what I was saying with creating a, a team goal for the game and understanding, you know, what we need to do to beat a certain pitcher, you know, for our, our plan versus Walker is going to be different than our plan versus Urias and our plan versus Urias is going to be different than our plan versus Kershaw. And that's something that we haven't necessarily done a great job of in the past is it's like, you know, they we used to be given a scouting report and say, all right, you good luck with, you know, this, this, and this, here's what the guy throws. Here's where he likes to throw it. Um, go ahead and try and go beat him. Now we look at it as how do we make sure that as a team, we're making it as hard for this guy to get us out as possible. And we all have the same goal and the same thought process and, when you work together like that, you're working for the guy next to you. And so it takes a lot of pressure off of yourself to try and, you know, you can't score five runs with one swing. So you stop trying to do that. Yeah. And it, you know what? It, it seems like it, it works in some kind of really good tandem with what your own starting pitchers are doing, um, especially somebody, say, like Alex Wood, who works super fast. Um, he's getting quick outs. Um, so they, we hear now a little bit more about something I never thought we would talk about in baseball, which is time of possession. But if, you know, there were actual official stats being kept on that, it seems like you guys are, are coming out way ahead in that more often than not. Does it feel like that? Like, is it like, man, that was a quick, quick inning um, out here on defense. Now we're up again. Yeah, I, I think that really does come into play because when you either have somebody who's working slow or you have a long inning, it's really hard to get something going on offense because you're just standing out on defense. Your body's getting stiff. You're not moving around. Um, there's, you know, you're you're getting lethargic in your brain. There's so many different things that are going on that you're not going to be translating to the offense. And the quicker that you get to back to the dugout and ready to hit and back to your game plan, the easier it is to execute. 
and our pitchers have done a great job of that so far. Uh, of course, the most important question I have to ask you, Mike, is Mustache May. I am talking <laughs> to you on June 1st. Do you have your mustache right now? I do not. I, I was very clear from the v, from the beginning. Um, it is strictly for May. Um, I understand people were getting very into it, but um, you can't you can't abuse something like that. You know, you gotta you gotta treat it right. And when it's used for a purpose, we use it for a purpose, and then we move on. And you know, everybody's gonna say, "Well, it was our good luck charm. It was this. It was that." And, um, you know, we're, we're never going to take anything away from our players. It was all our players, you know, maybe, maybe we had some fun with it and, you know, there may have been certain times where we rallied around it, but, um, you know, it always goes back to the players and all these guys played so well during May. I know, um, we were, we were 18 and 10 in May and everyone says it was, it was because we rallied around the mustaches, but we just, we rallied around our players. Everybody did a great job playing. So. Um, there's no reason to think that it's going to go any other way. Yeah, and you you can't abuse it, right? You can't keep it going too long because then you know what happens next May. You've used it all up. Right, exactly. We got we got to save some for every other May that there is to come. Now I don't know if you feel comfortable weighing in on things like this because again, very important stuff. But who had the best mustache and who had the worst? <laughs> um, I think. Dustin Lind, one of our hitting coaches, had the best mustache. He had full handlebars. Um, you know, he's typically in the cages, so you guys may not have seen that one, but that was phenomenal. Um, worst mustache. I mean, in, in terms of um, performance-wise, it was definitely Doobies, but he, he was not in last place for effort. You know, he, he really gave it everything he had. And I was I was proud of his effort and his performance. He he left it all out on the field, that's for sure. <laughs> he still somehow looked like he was, you know, fifteen years old, which is amazing. I honestly I thought Longorius it just did not suit him at all. It was just not it looked <laughs> so weird. So weird. Um it did really until he started until he started until he started hitting all the homers and then it was like, Well, maybe this does suit him very well. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> he looked um, yeah, Lamont Lamont's was great. He he had a fantastic mustache. Yeah, he was, and he, he was somebody that I he was somebody that I didn't expect to dive in head first right away, and he came in hot, and it was great. I loved every second of it. Yeah, it, it was excellent. So do you do you try to figure out something now for June, or do you just go like, "Hey, we just go, we just uh, do our thing now for the rest of the way." Yeah, we we just do our thing. If somebody if somebody comes up with something great, if if not, we just keep things rolling and keep having fun. That's the most important thing. If we're having fun, if we stop having fun, then we have to find something to make sure that we are having fun because all, all good things happen with fun. So that's kind of, uh, that's, that's where I'm thinking we'll stand. We'll just keep having fun and keep this thing rolling. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm starting to suspect your team just has fun no matter what. So I wouldn't, I'm not too worried about that. Um, and it seems like every, like the rest of the league is probably getting noticed that you guys are a good team and you know, you're not going to be taken lightly or taken for granted. Is that, you know, you guys know that probably for the rest of the way is, I guess that's a good thing because it means you're playing well, but um, I don't think anybody's going to be taking you lightly. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not so sure that anyone gets taken lightly at this level though. You know, everybody has such talent these days, you know, there's unbelievable players on every single team in the big leagues and, this is the elite level of the game. So I think that that's kind of the mentality always, no matter what. So 
I don't think we're too worried about it. Well, Mike Estremski, thanks so much for joining us here on Giant Splash. I'm sure we will be trying to talk to you again sometime before the end of the season, uh, and and maybe you'll have something else uh, different and weird to talk about at that point. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Susan. Thanks for having me. Our thanks again to Mike Estremski for joining us on Giant Splash. Our producers today were King Kaufman and G. Allen Johnson, and our music, Batter Up, was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. We will be back again next week with more Giant Splash. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.